heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? On radio, digital radio, the app and streaming, RSN's Racing Pulse. Johnny, come lately. Nick Foots with me. How are you, Nick? Oh well, Maddie. <laughs> it's it's good to be here, mate. A uh, different racing pulse look, but uh, a bit looser, I think, with you with you at the wheel. It's um yeah, it's a bit Woodstock. This uh... <laughs> <laughs> which one exactly? Now, Pen- now Tim from Kilsyth fought back at his old sparring partner Pensioner Pete to say insist that it wasn't him that put Pensioner Pete in regarding that ongoing argy-bargy we were talking about earlier anyway. Well, people are a bit over that. Hey, um, well done with the big V the last few days. You've done a cracking job, mate. Um, you're almost going too well, so just pull back a tad. It's been fun. And look, you do not go the early crow on me, Matty, because oh, there could be a big dent put in the uh, big v vehicle, your big V vehicle this afternoon. But I'm really looking forward to it. The show today, it's going to be a cracker. We've got some really good guests lined up. Who are they? We've got Mike Maroney. We've got Jake Noonan on the road heading out with some key rides at Wodonga today for Cup Day. Uh, we've also got Matty Jenkins joining us as well, who's training. He's got a couple of runners in his hometown Cup at Tatura. So plenty, plenty to tune into and listen to on Big V Racing today, mate. You know, Mike Maroney is one of the greatest storytellers amongst all the trainers, and not a lot of people quite realise how good he is. Uh, you know, John Sadler's the king, of course. Moody's deputy king. Uh, but... Um, Big Mike is a phenomenal storyteller. He's so funny, and uh, he's actually got a superstar horse that's running in the Karaka Millions. Ask him about that okay. coming up in New Zealand as well. I will. You can have a million stories too, Matty, but if you're not a good storyteller and you can't tell them well, it's, they're, they're, they're wasted. I've got a really good mate whose name will will not be mentioned, WSD. He just can't tell a joke. You know those ones that go, I've got a really good joke for you. You go, oh, God. He'll... Anyone that prefaces something yeah. saying, I've got a really good joke, it's hang yeah. on, yeah. I'll, I'll decide. And then they good. say, oh, I've just got to remember how to tell it properly. And you go, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> hey, um, you're going to look at the elite stuff for us, aren't you? You're going to have a look at the, the key races at Cranbourne. You're going to have a look at the, uh, the railway in Perth. And mm. it's interesting that they're going with the feels-like temperature because uh, it's going to be about 40, but it's going to feel like about 35 with the Fremantle doctor <laughs> kicking in. So, <laughs> is that what they've So they've decided to default to the feels-like. Uh, okay. So, uh, so it's going to be well, – let's start with the railway because it's the biggest biggest thing in uh, – Australia probably on the weekend, uh, east versus west. Have you got your head around the, the railway? Yeah, I've had a bit of a deep dive into it, and the market's gravitating a little bit towards the Raiders. Um, we, and what we've learned about this particular race over the last few years is the, the locals dominate it, and they might be a little bit of uh, COVID bias attached to that. Uh, but Grant and Alana Williams, they've won four of the p- past six here with the Galaxy Star, Regal Power, Inspirational Girl, Western Empire. So um, Tricks of the Trade, another local one at last year. So uh, you've got to respect history when it comes to mm. these type of races, I think, as well. And look, diving in, the, the speed in this race looks really strong. So you've got Maricino, Comfort Me and Massimo. They've all drawn wide in this race. And you've got Tuvalu, who was the early favourite in betting here, who's Jamie Carr's going over to ride. She's going to get pressured up front. We know Tuvalu likes to roll along. So how that pans out is really interesting. How the weather plays into all this and who handles it and the Raiders going over, how much effect that has and how taxing that is with the weather 
Do you sort of slightly default to the locals a bit automatically? I do. And we spoke about this in the lead up to the cup with Vauban and Absurd as well and mm-hmm. obviously getting, you know, it was, I think it was only 25 in Melbourne. But, but the, it was a bit steamy. It was it? steamy yeah, and, and yeah. we saw them really sweat up even at their track gallops. So uh, I think there has to be a little bit of that. There's better judges than me that can assess that sort of stuff in the yard and have, have the eye. But that certainly plays in to my thinking. And with that, I'm going to side with a couple of the locals here. I, I think Al Safina, who who's well in the market for Grant and Alana Williams with William Pike on board. Uh, she's got the tendency to go back like a lot of their runners do and uh, third up, out to the mile, and she drops from 59 down to 53 uh, under handicap conditions uh, and has been running at sort of the set weights prior. So I think drawing sevens really good sets her up for this. The other at a big price is number three, Comfort Me, another local there, drawn out. Opened up a whopping 31 bucks. Reese Radford trains. He won this race back in 2017 with great shot. Comfort Me's last two starts, they've been minor placings at group three and group two level. Those were over 1,400 metres under set weights and weight for age conditions. Drop six kilos here. Gets in at 54. Drawn wide. Luck in running. Slot in. I think can run a race at a big price. So I'm going to be leaning towards the locals uh, in in that um, in there, but we've got to touch on probably Roots as well, who's she's heading over from Sydney and was huge in the hot Danish running a career peak third up. You know she's named after Chris Roots, the racing journal. I did not know that. Yeah, she's definitely like a lovely guy, Ruta, but uh, <laughs> sorry, that's his nickname. Yes. Uh, but he's been honoured with the naming of a, a, a railway ch- railway stakes chance. Uh, yeah, good on you, Craigie, for pointing at the screen because they're moving in. The Vandermart is at Hillsville. Uh, let's go to James Vandermart for the first there. And then we'll come back because I've got to reread a, 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 pre, a script here because someone's had a go at me about my poor performance with the harness script. So I'm going to have another crack at it, but let's go to Hillsville. After all the highs of an unforgettable year's harness racing, it all comes down to this. The Tab Breeders' Crown is the grand final for Australia's richly bred two- and three-year-olds. Fields full of Derby, Oaks, Fickbred and Breeders' Challenge champions from near and far will converge on Melton Entertainment Park in pursuit of one of the more priceless Group 1 moments. Get trackside this Saturday night or enjoy it live on Sky Racing and at trotsvision.com.au. Tab Breeders' Crown. Watch it, live it and love it. So I hope I get a positive rap for that. Cranbourne, are you waiting for the weather to tell you what to do here? Yeah, it's uh, getting when you're trying to do your form on a Wednesday night and a Thursday, and you're getting the likes of one to fifteen mil. Uh, it's it can be quite challenging, can't it? Uh, we don't know. I'm assuming soft. That's that's how I'm rolling out. And uh, look, I found a, I found a few plays. Uh, uh, first one is in race two. Uh, it's a three-year-old handicap there, and I think this is a really good little race. Yeah, I do as well. I think there's some you can take. I like this. Well, this is the angle I'm going. I'll let you decide, um, what, and the listeners decide where they land. But I'm with Peace Treaty here. So eight bucks fifty. Um, she lobs here second career start. Her, her one career start back in May was on a heavy ten at Ballarat, and she was as green as the grass she was running on that day. Wanted to lay in a little underneath Bo Mertens, but once he sort of flipped the persuasion her into the left hand. She responded, straightened up, finished off nicely. She was tipped out after that run and I think only takes improvement coming into her second prep. Got the likes of Brave Mead here, who's a clear class runner, deep into the prep, um, gives a few of these weight and just a sort of a bit of a strange prep. So 1600, back to 1400, now back to 1200. Um, at 260, that's not the 
sort of setup I want to get involved with, but he's in the right camp to win, so it wouldn't surprise. But uh, that, and then you've got the likes of Wiggum, who was really good with the blinkers first time on Cup Day. Jewel Bay through that race as well um, gets some gets a weight swing on Wiggum, so they're the four that I'm really looking into. But I think Peace Tree is a really nice price at around eight fifty, man. Are you a breeding buff? National no. Defence is the sire. I have never heard of it, so it's obviously an interesting. Backstory there with your selection peace treaty. What about race three? Uh, there is a short price favourite here. Uh, what are you thinking about Kazoo? Yeah, I think she just wins. I- I'm a bit flat that Climbing Stars come out because 2.30 and I was more than happy to take Climbing Star on. So just looks a pretty straightforward bet. Um, it was exceptional first up. I thought it ran week 78 grade. Profiles just take improvement second up and a bit of a point and steer. She'll go forward and be very hard to run down but just no spoil and uh, but yeah I, I think best bet on the program but yeah. Are you going to get black and white figures? Uh, I don't think so. Alright well we'll keep an eye on Kazoo. Uh, race 5 1000 uh, metres we <laughs> Whether Gavin Bedgood orchestrated the his phone cutting out when we were just asking about Nazrawi, but I think it's got a little sneaky chance here. But uh, it is a very good and very open race. Uh, south of Houston's uh, got a few mentions as well. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think it's a really open race, and you can find some value. And I'm with Nazrawi on, on top. I was going to oh, ask. On you. I knew I knew Bedgie was on the show this week. I didn't get to tune in, and I was going to ask you. Oh, what did he give you about Nazrawi? Phone conveniently cut out. Yeah, okay. when The question was asked. Okay. Yeah. Flicked airplane mode by the yes. sounds of it. Uh, look, yeah, I think he, he represents great value on his home track. Last start, sat four wide, no cover, punching a headwind at Seymour and had every right to tire. Different setup tomorrow, drawn soft in two, Wiramu pin, get the opportunity to kick up, lead or box seat, open race. I, I like that from an each-way play. So uh, Nasrawi in race five for me. Everyone would love to win the Leicester because of uh, they'd like to honour Dean Leicester, but I God, I find it a difficult race to assess. Yeah, I I'm forgiving Gregor Limo, and I'm excited to chat to Mike Moroni a little bit later on Big V Racing uh, about his runner here because if you can forgive that Oaks disaster, I got a bit of a theory actually on why he started laying in and running away. I, I think Gregor Limo might have saw Matt Nevitt in the bird cage, sort of at the three hundred there, and saw Doing some, the of, those, some dance of those some of those dance moves, yeah. and then sort of caught him out of the corner of his eye and laid in about ten lanes. So. I don't think Matt Nevitt's on course at Cranbourne tomorrow, so we can probably forgive Greg Alimo for the Oaks Day disaster, Matty. When he did it on the first day, it was acceptable. The second day, I think he was just poncing it out. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, he was really sort of, mm. yeah, after that tweet went viral, he thought, I'm going to play this up. Mm. But look, Greg Alimo, a couple of gear changes. So gets the bubble cheeker near side, draws one as well, which I think will help. Jai McNeil goes on here, meets Holy Man's two and a half kilos better at the weights from last start. And he gets back out in trip to 2,000 and above. So his best runs in Europe are all 2,000 metres plus. Uh, I think, you know, if he's on his best behaviour, just beats these. So, um, Greg Alimo for me in the seventh. Old mate Fujita San gets the blinkers just to suck a few of us back in again. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> uh, good on you, mate. Uh, no thoughts on Kembla? No. Jeez, with all, with all this preparation for big V racing, trying to do some cramming form, the railway, something's got to give. And it was Kembla this week for me. No, absolutely. Hey, mate, you have a good big V. Be yeah. good, but not too good. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep the chair warm for you. It's rain been it in, fun. Rain it in. We need the money. I've got kids and everything, you know. <laughs> hey, good on you, mate. Thanks good. for your time. Thanks, Thanks for coming in. Have a good show at 11.30, which is in about 40 minutes' time.